speak to you in the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, last Sunday, at the offertory, uh, Michaela, our chorister just around the corner here, is probably happy that you can't see her because I'm calling her out by name. She sang, give me Jesus. And it rang out through this beautiful space and it moved us. She did that at the 910, she did it again at the 1115. And when I finished the announcements at the beginning of our liturgy at 1115, I walked around that column and I said to Michaela, don't make me cry again. Um, Michaela, thank you for the gift of music that you share with us and this whole choir, thank you. Uh, music has a way of speaking to our souls and lifting us to the throne of God in a way that little else can. You know, when the traditional spiritual Give Me Jesus finished, and as the bread and the wine and the gifts of money were making their way from the back of the church to the altar, I said uh, to Jay, Jay and I were seated next to each other, I said, Jay, what do you think? Should I have us do an altar call? Um, and, you know, I don't know, remember what Jay said, but if you don't know, some Christian traditions, they have an altar call. You know, after some beautiful musical offering, or if you can imagine it, some sermon that stirs people's hearts, uh, they have this tradition that says, you know, come and accept Jesus into your life by way of this altar call. And I thought after Michaela's offering last week, if there ever was a time in the history of St. James, it was right then uh, to try an altar call. But as I thought about it, it dawned on me that, you know, we Episcopalians and frankly, uh, Christians from the earliest days, historic Christianity, sacramental Christianity, we do altar calls every single Sunday. And we gather in this beautiful space and we offer prayers, we gather around sacred story and we're invited by Christ to share his Eucharist at this altar. It's decision time for us if we're gonna come forward and recommit to walking in the way of love, the way of his outstretched love and become people who do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with Jesus in our lives. We do that every single week. Look at us Episcopalians having altar calls. Now you might've heard that we Episcopalians aren't exactly well known for going off script. Do you know that about us? We like our prayer book and we should. In fact, if you know me, you know that I will say, let's use it even more. Use it for morning and evening prayer during the week. Make the prayer book the way in which you structure your spiritual life so that you grow in the likeness of Christ. But we love our prayer books. We love the ways in which the service goes orderly. We give reason um, a high place in our tradition, scripture, tradition, reason, and we should. We're called to serve God with our strength, you know, with our wills, with our hearts, and with our minds. So we should give reason its due place. So, you might see us doing things orderly and not necessarily falling into an ecstatic speaking in tongues on Sunday mornings. Um, you might not see us raising our hands in the sky when we sing. 
But if you've been here at Easter, we do it. St. James on the Upper East Side, you see 700 people with their hands raised to the roof. It's amazing. Um, You may not see any dancing this morning down the aisle, but sometimes from up there, I can see some of our smallest, youngest members. uh, They do a little dance in the aisle sometimes, and we probably have something to learn from them. Jesus told us to become like the little children after all. My friends, my point is, if we're going to take the Bible seriously, which we seek to do, we need to remember that at times we need to drop our familiar nets. Drop the familiar things and make sure that we're putting first things first. We need to remember that our familiar traditions and customs, they're in place not as an end in themselves, but to point us to the one who comes to take first place in all things. Our scriptures, our prayer book, our liturgy, it's like a a telescope. And I happen to really like this Anglican telescope. It points us to Jesus Christ, the one who comes to take first place in all things. That's what it's all for. You know, Jesus arrived on the scene in Galilee when he launched his public campaign by proclaiming that the time is now. Time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here. So change your mind, change course, go in a different direction, follow me, is how he starts. Repent, come this way, and I'll show you what it is to bring God's dream from heaven to earth. Stay with me, drop your nets, drop your smartphones, drop your briefcases, drop your normal routines, pay attention, look up, follow me. And those first fishermen, they did it. St. Mark tells us immediately, they heard the word of God and they changed direction. And in our first reading from God's prophet Jonah, when he went to that great city in Nineveh and said, repent, I have a word from the Lord, change your ways. Stop the self-serving ways. Stop the ways that are grinding down the life of the poor or you'll be brought low. And they proclaimed a fast and they changed. And did you know that Iraqi Christians to this day, when they remember this reading, proclaim a three-day fast, which is just wonderful. They change. So, you know, we could this morning sit around and think about, you know, what happened to poor Zebedee in the boat after his sons left the, you know, the fishing business. We could think about all the ways that we can't just up and change course like they did in Nineveh. It doesn't seem reasonable. You know, let's slow down, slow down, take it easy, take our time. Let's get a committee together. Let's think on these things. Let's make a plan, let's take a vote. And of course, that is precisely the right way to go about most of our business together, obviously doing just that. But the message with which Jesus comes onto the world scene, the message before us today, demands nothing less than placing him at the very center of our lives. We don't need a committee for it. He wants to take first place in everything. He wants us to know that to follow him is the meaning of life. First things first, then everything else. Then get the committees together. First things first. Here is the kingdom of God. 
in the person of Jesus. Origin of Alexandria, that great third century theologian whom you all read before you came to church this morning. Origin said, Jesus is the kingdom of God. So when you think about that this week, what is the kingdom of God, that elusive reality? It's Jesus Christ who's come in the flesh, the kingdom of God that's come into the world. So we pray in response to that, give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I sometimes fear that in our tradition, in particular, our education and our formation in the faith can be a little bit too vague and kind of buffet style. And I mean inside of the the Episcopal Church. I'm not too worried about that at St. James. Uh, We don't really do that and we won't do that insofar as I have any say about it. You know, that it's just a, a buffet style. And you can just, what's put before you is all kinds of interesting spiritual ideas and choices, and you can pick them up and choose what you wish with an endless array of possibilities, each potentially satisfying. There's so many interesting things to learn about and ponder and consider. And of course, that's right but so many that we may never have to decide on the main thing. We may never have to answer readily the call. Decision time. I think that our spiritual tradition at its best, our Anglican tradition, our teaching, our preaching, our pastoral oversight and care, all of it's meant to mediate the call of our Savior. All of it's meant to announce that the kingdom of God has appeared on earth in the person of Jesus so that we might respond and go home by a different way, like the Magi at Christmas. G.K. Chesterton once said, merely having an open mind is nothing. The object of opening the mind, as of opening the mouth, is to shut it again on something solid. Friends, we open our hearts, we open our minds, we open our hands, we open our mouths to take in the solid reality of God in the flesh, the kingdom of God in the person of Jesus Christ. He's worth dropping everything for to make sure that he's at the center of it all. First things first, before we do anything else. This is worth an altar call, even one every week at this celebration of the Holy Eucharist. You'll have to go back uh, to last Sunday's service on YouTube to hear Michaela bring these words powerfully to life. But here they are. Give me Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. You may have all of this world Give me Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.